Welcome to the Shikilias. We are five siblings who have come to the point where we are ready to tell our story of being Black in Norway. Even though we don't all share the same last name anymore, we wanted this podcast to represent what we have been through as the Shikilia family and also how we have ended up where we are today. So have you ever wondered how it is to be Black in Norway? We'll have a listen to our experiences. Welcome back. For this episode, we're going to discuss mental health. I know I'm super excited about this because it's so relevant now, especially during these times. And we're very lucky to have an exceptional guest. But before we go into that, I just wanted to get your views, guys. What do you think about this topic? Why do you think it's so important? Well, I can say my thoughts. I believe that mental health is less talked about when it comes to minority groups. I believe that conversation like this can help bring awareness to the topic and more understanding, especially about the mental health in the Black community. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, this is very important to discuss because mental illness does not only affect our mental state, but also our social well-being and how we interact with the world. And without a healthy mind, it's difficult to fully participate and function in society. Thus, I think it's really important to discuss this topic so that we can help others navigate through their pain. Yeah, it's it's very important because health is also about your life and health, you know, it brings some kind of wealth to your life. It makes things easier for you as well to just do day-to-day things with a healthy mind. So true. You just stole uh, the words out of my mind. Health is wealth. I think these last couple of years, we've seen how important mental health is especially with so much happening within the Black community, so much more awareness, and also just being locked up in in a room or an apartment because of the lockdown. So I think it always has been important, but I think today we see more and more people talking about it. So I'm so glad that we're doing this podcast. And I know we've received many messages from people globally who listen to the podcast for us to cover this topic. Yes, for sure. And um, this makes me even more excited for the conversation right now. So yeah, today we have a guest with us. His name is Abdi Basit. If you can give us a brief introduction of yourself and what you do. Thank you, Ingrid, and uh, the rest of the gang. Um, First of all, I would like to thank God. And and also I would like to thank you guys for inviting me to this great work that you guys are doing for our community. And mental health is so many other aspects, not only talking about what mental health actually is, but all the things that you guys have been talking about and how it influences in our mental health. I am a psychotherapist and my specialties are human behaviors. And I uh, live in Oslo. And one of the things that I do most is actually working and with different projects where we try to raise awareness about mental health in different communities and especially within the African diaspora. And I've been fortunate enough to also to travel and do the same work. So at the moment, I'm actually in Mombasa, Kenya. We have some workshops in Nairobi and gonna continue to do that. And it's well received. And I think people are opening up more and more both in the continent and also in Europe and America, realizing the importance of mental health, as also Julian mentioned. 
hope I answered your question, Ingrid. Yes, you did. Thank you. I wanted to ask you a question regarding what factors affect the um, mental health of Black people in Norway today. I know that a lot of discussed about discrimination, racism. You might have more thoughts about this. Yes. So Ingrid, first of all, I think we should start with what actually, what is mental health and how did World Health Organization, how do they define this, the concept of mental health? So I'm going to read the quote. It says, mental health is state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities to cope with normal stress of stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. That is how they define. And I like right, sorry to interrupt you there. I like the end mm-hmm. that is able to contribute to his or her community, right? And that the individual is able to make contribution to his or hers community. That is how the World Health Organization defined mental health. So now, if we have that in mind, and if we come back to Norway, that's where we have linked to, right? That's where we belong to. Right there, the mental health of the Black person cannot meet the standards of World Health Organization. As wow. Wow, that's quite powerful. Please go into more like, why, why do you say that? So I say this because, so it says uh, the individual has his or her own abilities, right? Realizes and can cope with normal stresses of life and can work productively and fruitfully. So we know a lot of with African background that are qualified for different type of jobs and qualified for different type of roles but not being able to be in those positions or to get these positions solely because of their color. Wow, so true. I'm so glad you went back and defined mental health because we talk so much about it. We tend to not describe, actually define what it is, like what is mental health? And it's so simple, right? It's so simple, but yet it's lacking, like you said. So here it also says mental health also is that the individual can cope with normal stress of life. So we have an additional stress just because we're Black, especially the Black men, because of the stereotypes that are are out there. So there's so many extras that our color, you know, that we need to become mindful of, right? So... It is not normal stresses. So thank God, Norway is not as bad as United States or some other places are. But still, we do have a lot of cases where Black young men are being racially profiled. Luckily, they're not being shot like there's in the United States. But there's a lot of additional stress because of that color that we are. I know there's so much additional stress just because of the color. So powerful and so true. Yeah, it's 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 like it's being looked over, you know, overlooked. Because and when you talk about it, especially in the young community, mm-hmm. they don't want to address it. It's seen as some kind of taboo mm-hmm. amongst the black community, and there's so many people struggling with so much in a young age that is not being talked about. 
So it should really be stressed. Yes. And another thing is a good mental health is also that the individual can work productively and fruitfully. So we're capable of that. We have African people in any field of education or any skill, and we know that they can be proactively and also fruitfully and also contribute to our community, but we're not getting in. So yeah. right now, there's so many things that it just, you can cross off the list. Mm. And even when we get in, we tend to be the only one sometimes. And even that can be a stressful or something that can bother kind of your mental health. For me, I've experienced being the only black person at places where I've worked many times. And I feel like sometimes even that can be difficult because you don't have anyone that can relate to what you're going through as a minority at a place where the majority is white, which isn't I, supposed to be a bad thing, but anyone can understand how it feels to be kind of alone. Yeah. And I think it's carrying a baggage, right? I, we discussed this first episode on the podcast. Okay, you are the only Black person in a specific field, let's say, in your, in your job. Now, everyone will judge the next Black person that comes into that company according mm-hmm. to what you did. So you carry all that. You have to be perfect. You have to do good. You, and we, we're told this as kids, right? We always, by our parents, we always have to deliver more than others. It's heavy, heavy weight to carry. And it's unfair to a little child to carry this burden. You know, if the little exactly. child messes up, then the whole continent messes up. Exactly. And it's, it's up to us to actually make the change to the people living here and the community living here. Because what I know is that they don't, they're not going to put enough resources on us because of the racism that is out there in order for it to change. They might leave certain stuff behind. They don't want to put effort and energy in order to help us. Definitely, yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. You mentioned effort to help people that are experiencing mental health, especially Black people. So are there any barriers that Black people face? when seeking support for mental health? So Norway is one of the most developed countries on earth, especially socially because of the welfare system. Actually, I am grateful for being part of that system, but there are a lot of people who are getting the help. And uh, when we talk about racism, the kind of institutionalized racism, it's different. So your doctor may refer you to a special healthcare services. Right there, the discrimination occurs because in order to come that far, you need to know what your rights are. You need to know what kind of service you can demand on and all these things if you're not told. So we see uh, in within the healthcare system, the people who get referred to the special healthcare services are people who are more resourceful. We know the language well, we know the culture, we know the way around. But being an immigrant, an African, if you don't know this, you might not be referred to these special healthcare services. So the discrimination occurs in different levels, but there is not a lot of energy put in. That is the trend, but there are people who are getting help and especially the help they actually deserve. But we were, talk- we were talking about the attitude way to start with is you go, you go to your doctor your gb and explain to your doctor and uh, 
what is happening and where you think you need to see a mental health specialist. That is the easiest way to, to go about. And another thing is, and talking about mental health, it's always important that we also check our blood samples, our vitamin D levels and our iron and so forth effects. They have a huge impact on our mental well-being and especially as black people and in the northern hemisphere. Mm, that is so true. And I, I actually didn't know how important, I knew a bit, but I wasn't, I was a bit ignorant to how important that was in terms of checking your vitamin D and vitamin B level and how that connects to your mental health. And I think also to just in countries where it's very hot, many black people tend to avoid the sun, right? So uh, it's also, it's important to really check your vitamin levels. I do that very often. Almost nobody talks about when it comes to the vitamin deficiencies and all this kind of stuff. That's a genius point. It's very important, especially like it's much easier for, to get it like for the younger generation, probably because they more so learn more in like the school system, doctors here to talk more about it. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's, it's, it's a really crucial and, and a, a true topic, you know, also to talk about because people are not really, you know, sure about what type of supplements or vitamins or whatever to take. Absolutely. And actually, uh, I wanted to uh, bring our attention to another aspect of mental health. We know as for us black people who are born or raised in Norway, there has been, uh, there still is a uh, a lot of racism going on in, within the school system and within the, the kids. Bullying, we get bullied by the color of our skin, the hair, or, and what that does to a little child growing up in that tremendous stress, it may manifest in later on in life as mental health condition or a physical condition because of that. And it also influences our confidence and the list is so long. Mm, it's so true. I think we've also discussed racism within school, which is so important. And I think we need to continue discussing this as well on the podcast because it affects so many people. And as you were saying, you might see the effect of it later, right? As you're being bullied because of the color of your skin or you're going through a racist school system, you might not understand how much it will impact a child when they're older because of that. So I think what you raise is so important and very neglected as well. I also just wanted to continue that point, Ashley, because you did mention bullying at school and also going to see your GP if you're experiencing mental health issues. So I, how do you deal with situations where a Black person is going through, for example, racism at school and bullying and people might not understand that it's racism and then you go to see the GP that might not understand that what is going on is racism. How do you deal with that situation like that? Have you had to deal? I know know it's confidential, so I know you can't (laughs) speak about individual cases, but what would you say for people that go through such experiences? You know, one thing that usually happens is when a kid complains to the teacher about what's going on and the bullying, especially the racism, a lot of teachers tend to belittle that complaint and say, oh, it's okay, they didn't mean, or they kind of make excuse for the kid. And that also undermines the little child's opinion. So they may become like, you know, nobody believes in what I'm saying anyway. So that's going to lead to additional stress. So 
I would advise that the parents get involved. And nowadays, thank God, there are many uh, groups like Facebook groups that the, uh, the African Excellency Facebook group, or I would encourage parents to be more open and also try to get support. Not if the schools are not taking them seriously, they should maybe get in touch with UMUT, which is and a support organization for uh, minorities. And you can find a lot of help, but be out there and don't hide because of shame or embarrassment. And that may lead to additional problems for you as a parent and also for your kid. So be open about it and talk loudly and say, who can help me with this? I'm experiencing this and that. I think what you said there, something that struck me was if you're not taking seriously, there are other measures. And I think that's one key thing, because when you have a child, I don't have a child, but I've, obviously I've seen it and within the family as well. If you have a child that's going through school and experiencing racism, and if you report this, often you get pushed back and often you hear that, oh, it's not racism. And as a parent, it might be very challenging to take this further, but there are other ways as well. And I'm so glad you mentioned this. And I hope parents are listening because this is so important. I think if I speak for my siblings as well, obviously it resonates with us because we are Black. We were raised in Norwegian school system and obviously we experienced a lot of racism. Some of the incidences we have spoken about before, this is so important. And I think we're all very, very happy to have you here. I can say that again because it's very interesting what you're covering. Oh, thank you, Claude and Barbara. And and that's, you know, get help from your uh, friends and be open about it. And because the constitutional racism, it's very hard to detect. And it shows up in so many different faces. So uh, are you insecure about it, something? You, you don't feel something is right? Just talk about it. And um, that's my strongest advice. Because we live in a society where there is a law. So no matter how racist uh, the principal or the teacher is, the law would stop them. Yeah, there's so many you know, similar stories that comes out and important stuff when people actually talk about it. Because there's not a lot of people who talk about it. You usually, you know, try to, you know, leave it behind in the past. And it can really affect you. It can really traumatize you. And you really need to know how to, like, deal with it. So we're talking about seeking help when you experience, for example, racism or any mental health issues. And I know that talking about mental health is a taboo in the Black community, in the minority community, but young people have become more open to talk about it. And I know that especially amongst my friends and our family, we have become more and more open about it in the past few years. But what are your thoughts about talking about mental health in the community today? What I've experienced, I've been fortunate enough to talk to different communities, minority communities and students, and it depends on, you know, these, there's a lot of misconceptions about what mental health is, and especially within our communities. So simply just explaining those different symptoms and saying human being consists of both mental and physical health, so you cannot acknowledge one part of your health system, but, but not acknowledge the other one. What I've experienced is whenever I explain it and say, this is anxiety, that is something we all feel. And it's nothing more than that 
our body is telling us to get off and we should pay attention. That's all it is. But if someone doesn't know what anxiety is and how it manifests like panic attacks, that can be extremely frightening. So unpleasant feeling. And those few moments it lasts, someone is certain that they are about to die. But explaining that sensation is your body telling you, yeah, and there's a lot of things going on and taking that as a signal. And when someone is in the midst of the situation and the emotion, then they may not find the solution by themselves. But once you go and seek your therapist, then that therapist has this bird eye view and can connect the dots and say, well, my friend, you know, no wonder why you feel overwhelmed because, you know, this is connected to that and this so forth. Mm, that's interesting because to be very honest, I didn't talk about mental health that much, right? As Ingrid mentioned, it has been a taboo. More and more people are talking about it now, which is amazing. I didn't really know what panic attack was until I had my first. So I think it's good that we talk about it. And uh, so people know that it happens to other. It shouldn't be a taboo because as we mentioned before, mental health is well, you need it. And as you mentioned, there's mental health and physical health, and both of them are key. We talked about parents a bit, but I think we tend to forget our parents. So many of our parents come from war-torn countries, like ourselves from DRC, came to Norway, didn't speak the language, had to now raise kids in a completely new system, learn the language, learn the system. I just want you to shine some light on mental health amongst parents, the older generation in Norway. Do you see it becoming more and more, can I say, normal to talk about mental health, to seek help for your mental health amongst our parents, amongst the older generation? Barbara, you said something very important here because our parents do carry additional weight of trauma, whether they've experienced the war or not. Uh, you know, usually when a person if a person moves from one place to another place, that can sometimes trigger some underlying mental issues. So moving from Africa, mm. coming to Norway, whether the climate, the culture, everything is completely different. And parents are carrying this additional trauma if they have been witnessing the war and also fleeing. So a lot of people use some routes to Europe that is extremely frightened. So sometimes more, a lot of them also jeopardize their lives. I would advise you guys to look at the work of a lady called Rachel Yehuda. She has okay. done a lot of studies about actually how generational trauma is passed on. She studied a great deal about the Holocaust survivals, and also she did some studies about slavery and how that trauma has been passed on. So actually, there's a science behind it. When couples are, for instance, intimate, and if there's conceived at that very act, the DNA that is sent on or passed on to the next generation is carrying a information about how mom and dad's mental well-being is. So it's not mutated gene, but that gene is carrying uh, additional information about. So I advise you guys to look at her and her work. So already you see parents who have fled and experienced war when they come to the world and if they get started being bullied or experienced racism already at kindergarten or daycare 
and then they grow up in this environment. You know, there's a lot of things line up for that person uh, in terms mm. of physical and also mental conditions, unfortunately. To be self-aware that we would have to deal with trauma, it's not something everybody like think about on day-to-day basis. As you said, trauma can be passed on through memory bank in the DNA or through the body. Like in the book of, um, of this Rachel Yahuda, she talked about that. And, you know, how do you know when you're doing choices based on trauma? When you look at the neurological, it's someone who is traumatized as a little child, the part of the brain that detects the threat actually grows bigger than the part of the brain that has to do with creative thinking and long-term thinking and so on, and analytical brain. So that means that person, most of their life, they've been living from their nervous system, fight or flight. So a lot of, you know, how our parents have raised us, a lot of us, it was based on scarcity mindset. And it could be due to to that, how they want us to study things that have to do with professions that are associated with good paid jobs like doctors or lawyers. Usually that mindset is based on scarcity and with a good reason. An African child most likely would get this strong advice from his or her parents that they have to pursue this way and that Uh Uh, while maybe ethnical origin kid would have the privilege to go ahead and, you know, study whatever that is making sense for them. I have a question. I just thought about something now. If I go and seek mental help for my mental health, the majority I would meet would be white psychologists. Now, we mentioned it in previous episodes before. I'm not going to go into details because if you haven't listened to previous seasons, then please check them out. But I know from my experience myself, I had a traumatic experience growing up, one incident where I had to then go and see a psychologist after, and it was based on something racist, right? And I was told that, no, what I had experienced wasn't true. So now me as a black person, how can this white person, I'm not saying all white people are alike, but there are many challenges if I'm coming to a psychologist who is white, who has never experienced what I have experienced. How is that? Thank you for sharing your story. You know, historically, a lot of the uh, way of examining the the condition of the mental illness condition of a patient was actually based on white person living in white society. So there's DSMs and all these schema that we psychologists use to find out what kind of diagnosis to set is actually based on this. So, but lately the educational systems are becoming more and more aware Thank African-American psychologists and uh, Mm. experts who have raised this issue. That's one thing, but your story, going to a psychologist, uh, predominantly white psychologist, and also maybe middle-aged or even grown-up person, you explaining your story and they look through their books or based on their experience, Sometimes mm. they may not build that rapport with you and just have their own projection or, and it's sad because as a client or patient, it's 
the patient's feeling that matters, not exactly. What, and uh, if they told you that you know what happened to you or what you're feeling is wrong, and what happened to you was not this or that, that is projection, I believe, and mm. it's sad. And um, and we have also experienced a lot of uh, Africans, also other minorities not going to the typical Norwegian psychologists because of that cultural sensitivity that mm. they practice, most of them, but it's getting better. Yeah, thankfully it is getting better. That's very true since the days that we were younger. But yeah, I think this has been such an interesting discussion that we've had. I know that it is such an important topic. Mental health is key. So I hope the rest of the gang agrees that we should do another episode on it and maybe go into like specifics. I read recently on social media and I haven't even thought about this before is the fact that like, okay, so when we were younger, child of immigrant parents, we actually were like seven, uh, seven, eight years old, filling out government documents for our parents, calling banks for our parents and acting like adults. And it was like a meme, I think, like saying you cannot relate with me because this is what I did when I was seven and eight. And it's crazy. Like what we were doing at that age, I think that is also something that a trauma that we carry, right? Like we always have to be be more mature, more older and speak for our parents. Yeah, I, I actually never thought about how like that could actually weigh on somebody because it was so natural for us. I keep saying that I learn a lot from every episode, but it's so true. I would love for you to just say something in, in closing. Like, what do you want our listeners to be left with? What is it if, if you had to take one thing that you want to say at the end? I would say, dear listener, there are so many ways to live a good life. You don't have to follow the conventional way of doing things. So please go within. That's when you discover the true self and start living within, inside out. I don't want to make it complicated, but listen to your inner self. Get healed. When you heal, you're giving that next generation a new chance. So you're cutting the cycle and also live the life that makes sense for you. Wow. Yeah, I just want to thank you, Abdi Basil. To be honest, this is the first time I've talked to a Black uh, psychotherapist. So this is a big moment. Just very proud. So do you, do you think this was your session? I'm sorry. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> this is like, this is incredible. Like being in a white majority country where there's a Black man that has all of this knowledge that he can share with us and with other black people and other minorities in Norway. And I really appreciate this and I will take it with me <laughs> for oh, a long you, time. Guys. Thank you guys.